shift happens. I can't! Welcome back to the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hassan. Today, I get to sit down with a very, very inspiring man. I sit down with Andrew Zagami. Uh, he's called the man with nine lives <laughs> because of the life that he's lived up until this point. And just the fact that he's sitting with the studio with me uh, was just amazing because this guy, just to name a few, he was born with a brain hemorrhage, had to have an operational surgery when he was one week old, uh, fractured vertebrae or fractured spine when he was in his teens. And if that was wasn't enough, three bouts of cancer in his 20s, multiple surgeries, multiple rounds of chemo, just so many struggles with his health. Uh, And the fact that he's here today and able to speak so openly about it and how he was able to get himself through that period to be now in a space of great health and he even works now helping people with their health, which is absolutely amazing, um, is a super inspiring story. And we get to dive deep uh, into a lot of stuff about his life today. And not just the, obviously the physical things he had to uh, get through, but also the mental and emotional. And we talk about a really low period for him when he was, you know, the cancer had come back and he was in such a low isolated state and he's really open and raw and vulnerable and um, really really has inspired me and I'm sure he'll inspire you as well with his incredible story for all the show notes everything that we speak about head on over to shpodcast.com.au that's shpodcast.com.au and without further ado here is my chat with Andrew Zagami Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hassan. I have the absolute pleasure today of being joined by Andy Zagami. Andy is, he's got a pretty incredible story. One of the reasons why I love podcasting, right, and listening to podcasts is because it's not like a five or ten minute grab of someone's story. It's a real deep dive into what people have been through and, mate, you couldn't really fit what you've been through into five or ten minutes, could you? You, you could, but I think you'd be left with too many questions. Yeah, <laughs> you'd have more questions than when you started. Probably, probably. And you might get an idea. Andy is the author of the book Unbreakable. The subtitle is An Inspirational Story from the Man with Nine Lives. Is it true you have nine lives? I've been told. Yeah. I've been told. <laughs> You've been told? You've worked through a few so far, right? Yeah, I've been through most. There's, there's, I'm not sure how many are left, but yeah. We're <laughs> yeah. Um, Andy, obviously you've been through a lot to be in here today, not just the Melbourne traffic, um, but I'm talking, and we're going to get into the, each of these one at a time, but we're talking born with a brain hemorrhage and yep. surgery when you're a baby. Mm-hmm. We're talking uh, breaking your spine when you're a teenager. Yep. And we're talking cancer in your 20s, was it twice or three times? Three times. Three times, okay. Okay, that, that lays the foundation of we've got a fair bit to talk about today, right? Let's get to it. What do you do now? <laughs> Personal training is primarily what I do. Okay. Um, so, you know, getting out, out and about, helping everyone. Helping people with their health. Yeah, that's it. Funnily and enough. You know what? I, it, it's hard to come across a personal trainer who hasn't been through some form of health issue. Yep. I don't think I've ever met one who is the perfect picture of health. Yeah, and I think it's, it's the same with any area of life as well or any profession that someone gets into. It's like the people that... Um, you want to go to are the people who've struggled with whatever they're doing well now. Yeah. I always tell people, it's like, if I want to go get financial advice, I'm not going to go to the guy who inherited millions of dollars and never was broke. I want the guy who was broke as fuck yeah. and then became wealthy and That's how did right. he do that? And it's the same with health, I think. I don't hmm. want the guy who's been like jacked with six pack his whole life. I want someone who's struggled with it, yeah. who, who knows what it feels like and had to ask all those tough questions. Well, luckily for me, 
going through cancer then because before all that, I was jacked with a six-pack my entire life because I was a gymnast. So you probably never would have come to me otherwise. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what got him in the door. There you go. <laughs> um, mate, let's go right back to the beginning. Yeah, let's. That day you were born. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember it vividly? Totally. Mate, clear as uh, clear as yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so, so born with a brain hemorrhage, and is that uh, that's like a bleeding on the brain? Is that yes, correct? So, um, there's a whole bunch of sciencey, fancy terms which I'm not even going to attempt to announce. But um, like it's simple here. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, I basically came out looking like a Simpsons character. Yeah, right. So. Um, so I was jaundice. Yep. Um, so yellow all over. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's probably not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, did a whole bunch of tests. Took them a week to work out what was going on. Right. Um, and, yeah, obviously as quickly, as soon as they knew, then, you know, straight into surgery for uh, cutting open my head and <laughs> fixing me so up. So surgery at one week old. Yeah. But, um, that that must be a pretty rare thing. I'm not I'm not too sure, but there wouldn't be a whole lot of surgeries done on kids that young, yeah. Probably not. Yeah, I good good point. I don't actually know um, any statistics or anything, but um, yeah, yeah, and I guess luckily enough, you know, I came out of it mostly unscathed. When you say mostly, what what were kind of the <laughs> yeah. um, the effects? So what were the that? scathed? Yeah, what was the scathingness? <laughs> Is that a word? What's going on? I'm making up stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so realistically, I should be blind. Right. Um, so I love the way my eye doctor explained it to me. Um, because I was so young, What this, one of the things the, surgeries, the surgery caused was for me to be blind. Okay. But because I was so young, my brain was able to adapt um, and effectively send down some um, brain cells that weren't really doing anything and turn them into eyesight cells. Really? That's how I, it was explained to me. Again, forget the sciencey stuff. That's the best explanation ever. That's a, that is the best explanation <laughs> ever. Wow. So you're obviously your parents were told, hey, we're doing this surgery and whatnot, but one of the byproducts of that is you won't be able to see. Well, no, I don't think it was a – I'm assuming it was a, um, a potential side effect. Yep. Um, but – you know, they weren't saying it wasn't a guarantee. Mm. I think just for whatever reason, it um, it happened. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean, I like I could see after the surgery, it was fine. So I don't think I was ever actually technically blind. Mm-hmm. I, again, don't know the whatever. The eye doctor <laughs> explained it best. Yes, <laughs> just don't just don't go beyond that. I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to come into the world, right? Yeah, totally. Just um, you know, don't do things in halves. No, if you <laughs> came in as Bart Simpson, yeah. <laughs> why not? Just to just to mix up the human race a little bit. Yeah. And so, was there any other effects? Um, you um, know, maybe in your infant or younger years from that surgery? Um, no, not really. I mean, definitely the. Uh, uh, I guess a little bit of a. I hate the term, but you know, learning disability, whatever. Um, but second, you t- step out of the school system. That stuff's all irrelevant. So, yeah, of course. You know, whatever. Um, so maybe I learned things a little differently, but you know, we all learn in our own way. So 100%. that's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, nothing else really. Just obviously ended up with glasses, mm-hmm. um, and <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember the exact number, but something like by the age of seven or eight, I'd been through twenty pairs of glasses because I kept throwing them off and smashing. Them. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Don't think the parents were too too impressed with that one. <laughs> Keep going through them. Just kept going through. <laughs> um, interesting. Do you ever think like, man, it was lucky I was... What year were you born? 
86. Do you ever think like it was lucky I was born in 1986 and not 1886 or 1786 yeah, or 1686? I mean, and that's right. So, you know, you look at um, the type of surgery that I was having. Yeah, that's right. Potentially even 20, 30 years before that, they may not have been able to do that. Yeah, that's right. So... Thank you, science. Thank you, science, and thank you for being born in the late 80s. (laughs) (laughs) What a time. Uh, Okay, let's fast forward now to teenage years. Oh, yeah, bit of a jump. So, yeah, is there anything else you want to cover before Uh, No, no. No, just getting into gymnastics and, you know, almost going to the Olympics, but whatever. (laughs) Skip past that, doesn't matter. (laughs) No, let's just go into that. (laughs) What do you mean almost going to the Olympics? Well, I mean, I was training with the Olympic squad, but didn't, didn't really eventuate. I mean, realistically, I was seven and eight years old and yeah. I, I actually didn't even know at the time that that's what we were doing as yeah, far as right. I was concerned I was doing lots of training and I loved it and it was fun what is it with gymnasts and like being so young like you know you see the Olympics and that and they look so young and like these people are retiring like in there when they're 24 or something <laughs> yeah. like what's up with that yeah you just it's one of it's it must be one of the only sports where the younger you are the better yeah. like you just because you're more generally more flexible Um, and because you're so small like for me so one of my teammates was a good foot or two taller than me and so the perfect example was when we're on the parallel bars I could straighten my legs completely whereas he had to bend his Uh, Um, such a small thing but the judges look at that and at the end of the day if you're going to lose marks so being tall just doesn't work in anybody's favor Probably like a power to weight ratio kind of thing as well, yeah? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, so then, but then, well, it's not entirely just that because the older you get, the the stronger you are going to get. So Mm -hmm. there's got to be that aspect to it as well. Yeah, Um, right. But I mean, you look at all these gymnasts, you know, in their early 20s and their beefcakes, you know, they're all... They are huge, yeah. They're all bigger than bodybuilders, I mean. Yeah. But then, like you see... Here's so-and-so from Romania and a veteran of the sport, 24 years old. Yeah. Like, what the hell? What's your definition of a veteran? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I stopped when I was 18. And I, I think the other side of it is as well because most, at least most professional gymnasts start at such a young age. You put your body through so much. I mean, if you look at the first page of the book, you'll see the list of injuries I had. Yeah. And it's just every single part of my body. Like, read it out if you want. It's, it's a hilarious list. It. Um, every part of my body got injured. I think the only thing I didn't injure was my little finger. Like, <laughs> oh, here we go. In the introduction? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me have a look here. The bullet points? This one? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah? Oh, yeah. All right, I've got it here. This is in the introduction. So, brain surgery at birth. We've already covered that one. Tick. Stress fracture in your lower spine. We're getting there. <laughs> We're getting to that one. Uh, sprain both ankles and wrists multiple times tendonitis in the shoulder tennis elbow in both elbows multiple times that tennis elbow sucks seriously that is uh, a weird one it's it's there's no you can't do anything yeah and it's like yeah you just rest for like months yeah and that's it that's the worst diet especially for a man who just wants to keep doing shit well and especially because we had competitions every couple of months and Mm -hmm. like we just had to push through it yeah like we just douse ourselves up on painkillers and just go all right we're just competing whatever like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep going. Strained and sprained fingers, shin splints on three separate occasions. What's a shin splint? I've heard that term a number of times. It's, it's actually not the correct term. I think it was kind of back when I did it. So, yeah. But it's effectively it's um, like ripping the muscle off the bone. 
yeah no, like it's like just tearing yeah yeah so okay. overuse um yeah. and you know from a gymnast point of view constantly jumping on the floor running up and down the vault mm. yeah you're going to get some overuse constant usage <laughs> torn abdominals torn calf torn quadriceps all that would be that would be hurt that one surprisingly the abs is the most painful you know what i reckon yeah i can see like what it, it's not until you tear your abs when you realize how much. Like we all, everyone kind of thinks, oh yeah, we don't, we don't have a core, whatever. You know, yeah. I don't have abs, whatever. Tear your abs and tell me you don't have any. Yeah. Like everything. If I was like sitting here, I would feel it being sore. Yeah. Standing up, it hurts. Like. Yeah. Wow. Just that's like when you get a yeah, like a cracked rib or something, right? Yeah. And and you like sneezing is like <laughs> the worst thing in the world. Like you sh- you're about to sneeze and you try to stop it. You're like no 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 no. Don't st- or you try and um uh to not laugh at things. Yeah. This reminded me when I had um uh my I had surgery when I was 19 for my Crohn's disease, right? Yeah. So I bit part of my bowel removed. So I had like the ab issue right because i had a cut into my abs that was healing mm. and i just got home from the hospital and there was and i was just trying not to laugh for ages because it was the worst pain in the world and an episode of south park came oh, on good <laughs> and it was the episode where cartman's like dressed up as like the young girl and he's going on all that maury porvich and everything yeah i do what i want and i literally turned it off and walked out of the room and i couldn't <laughs> stop laughing for like 20 minutes i'm like mom i'm gonna bust my staples here <laughs> ouch Torn hamstrings, torn pectorals, torn deltoids. He pecs us one. That's not a nice one either, is it? Look, any muscle tear, just it's yeah. just nah. It's yeah. just well, not I nice. mean, I, I mean, at least I wasn't driving at that stage. But you know, you know, for now, you think like anytime I leave the gym, really sore, like if my pecs are sore or whatever, turning the steering wheel. Yeah, so brushing only, your teeth. Yeah, yeah. I, I can only imagine how hard it would be turning the steering wheel with a torn pec. You know, you, you probably can't. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> Abdominal surgery twice. Yeah, Speaking so there's a whole bunch of holes, and you know, I've, I've got I've got <laughs> holes in holes. the same spots. So. Yeah. For those who can't see, it actually looks like Swiss cheese. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, keyhole surgery uh, through and around your ribs four four times. Yeah, just so a lazy four so times. It's here and mm-hmm. there. Yep, and then massive scar down the middle. Scar right down the middle. What else have we got? Chest tube with drain attached for two to five days on four separate occasions. Those chest tube thingies, they just. No. That was uh, what draining fluid or something was it? Yeah, just yeah. making sure my lungs weren't filling up with fluid while they're healing from yeah, being well. sliced open. You know, yeah, well, seems, seems pretty logical. <laughs> Eye surgery. <laughs> yeah, so when I was fifteen, sixteen, um, I did it way too early because it didn't fix the problem long term. But lazy eye, okay. so I wanted to get it fixed. Um, again, my eye surgeon being the cool guy that he was, he goes, you just want to get it fixed for the ladies, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> this eye guy sounds awesome. <laughs> he was pretty cool. <laughs> Were you like, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, they, you know, cut in and shortened the muscle and brought the eye in. But because your body's not completely uh, finished growing, mm-hmm. I grew a bit more and the eye's lazy yeah, again. Okay. So I can control it. Yep. But, you know, do weird things with my eyes. Yeah. But... <laughs> What if you like talk to it sternly and say, "Come on, get off the couch, stop being lazy." Yeah. No, it doesn't work. No, not doesn't not quite. <laughs> Tuberculosis. Yeah, such a random disease. How, yeah. I don't, I don't even know how that exists, let alone how I got it. What what is it? I've heard the name. It's a. Um, I'm just drawing a complete mental blank. You got your phone, Denise? <laughs> is it a, a, a blood thing? No, it's a. Oh God, I hope you can cut this out. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll get it. Denise, go grab your phone. Denise will Google it while we keep talking. Yeah, far out. This is the beauty of podcasting. Yeah. Um, so that's quite a bloody list there, mate, to be honest. Um, 
Yeah, you make me and my journey to not look that exciting, to be honest. But <laughs> no wonder your it's, book's called Unbreakable. Yeah, I, it, it's definitely a very, um, very apt title, I think. Yeah. Well, let's go to the um, the back injury now, because that was obviously a big one for you, right? And you hurt that uh, whilst doing gymnastics. Yeah. Yeah. Stupid, stupid me being a um, gymnast, thinking I could do everything, and the the word. It was interesting because the word unbreakable never entered my mind but I felt that way yeah like my entire life that's how I felt um so interesting that it took me 25 years to come up with the word but whatever <laughs> um so yeah. so you hurt yourself doing something silly yeah basically much. tuberculosis by the way a potentially serious infectious bacterial disease that mainly affects the lungs infectious disease that's the word I was looking for <laughs> so back to gymnastics what did you do how did you hurt the back so my teammate uh basically dared me to do something on the trampoline right there you can just smell trouble that's, like, that's, that's always the start of a bad story yeah it must be yeah Never. what did he dare you to do what kind yeah. of move so a front salt so where you jump up yeah. tuck your knees up spin forward forward like somersault kind of thing. somersault yeah there you go yeah. the the the, uh, the non-gymnastic speak somersault <laughs> so <laughs> so he, but he dared me to do three so yeah. land, in so, bet- land in between each oh, one. Oh, so one, then bounce, one, then bounce, one, then bounce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. You know, there's padding around the trampoline and stuff. If I fly off, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did the first one and landed fine, no problem. Second one landed a little bit wobbly, and I thought, oh, yeah, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> you've, I mean, you've only got a split second. You're either going to stop or you're not. And yeah. Clearly, I wasn't going to. So mm-hmm. anyway, did the third one. The front sold itself was fine, but when I landed... Um, let's just pretend that this is my shoulder blades Mm -hmm. and that's my calves. Mm -hmm. So when I landed, I was already arched. Okay. And so by the time the force had gone through my body after landing on the trampoline properly, smack. Oh, so you've kind of bent the wrong way. Yeah, so like I can bend this way. (laughs) Yeah, so instead of bending like forward at the hips and touching your toes, your shoulder blades have kind of touched your calves. Yeah, going back. Yeah, it makes me feel uncomfortable just thinking about that. Yeah, it. Yeah, it'll do that. Did you know you'd done something bad straight away? Um, I think the scream and echo throughout the gym <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of possibly gave it away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was pretty painful, pretty quickly. Yeah, like. But you didn't uh, go get it checked out straight away, if no. I recall correctly. You you do cor- you you do recall yeah. correctly, and uh, I did not. I um, do I remember you may have actually ridden your bike home from the the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Who's telling the story here? What's going on? <laughs> I don't want you to leave that bit out. I think it's amazing. <laughs> I was getting there. Um, yeah, so you know, I kind of sat against the wall after I. Well, I, I was probably lying on the trampoline for a good five or ten minutes because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just can't move and it's excruciating. And trying to get somebody off a trampoline is hard enough, you know, mm-hmm. because you're moving and you're not supposed to move. And if there was a paramedic there, they probably would have said, everyone get off the trampoline now. Anyway, that didn't happen. <laughs> so they set me up against the wall and I was sitting there for a good half an hour, tried to stand up, fell over instantly. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably, <laughs> not, a good sign. It's probably not the best sign. Um so, yeah, but then, you know, two hours later, rode the bike home, told mum I had a little back injury. <laughs> Mum's a nurse. I love my mum. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, 
you know, she, I told her what happened. I told her it was sore. And she's like, oh, you just pulled a muscle. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. You rode your bike home. You can't be that bad. <laughs> and that was pretty much her defense. <laughs> Fair enough, actually. Yeah, no, that's right. It's, uh, I think it's my fault, not hers. It's <laughs> when did you realize you had to get it checked out? So you're asking all the right questions because you know the story. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it interesting. Um, yeah, so kept training throughout that whole time. Um, and it actually felt like it was getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, you were still still training gymnastics before yeah. you got checked out? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like over the next few days, it actually did feel like it was getting better. Um, and I got back and I could do most things. Um, and then completely unintentionally did a couple of things over like a few months mm-hmm. where that probably made it a whole lot worse. Okay. And this is now the first time talking about it when I realise I wonder if that actually did make it worse and it would have been easier to heal from if we'd got it checked out in the initial stages. Mm-hmm. Interesting. <laughs> anyway. Interesting to think about. <laughs> You'll never know. No. <laughs> um, so to answer your question, um, six months. Oh, right. Before we went and got scans. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what did those scans show? Was that a fracture in the vertebrae? So L4, which is right down the base. Okay. So That's around down your pelvis. Of, okay. Just above your pelvis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was a fracture all the way through it. Okay. So on the on the scan, you could see empty space yeah, through the vertebrae. Right. Um, and I've always made this joke, and I think I even wrote it in the book, but again, now I'm not even sure that it's true. But I've always believed that after that point because mum took me so long took took me so long to get me there that i actually didn't talk to her for two weeks but i find that hard to believe <laughs> so mum if you're listening to this if that was true let me know <laughs> two days two weeks soon <laughs> something like that um so what was the treatment for that was that surgery no, no. so um we didn't do surgery because i was a gymnast and they were yeah. like we're not shoving metal rods in your body because realistically they're not gonna they, they weren't the best solution and if you were going to keep doing yeah. the training and that kind of thing yeah, yeah. Um, so they they basically just gave me this big plastic brace yep. to wear so I very quickly got the nickname Lego Boy Lego Boy <laughs> how long did you have to wear the brace for? yeah good eight months eight months something like that yeah yeah like just during the day all, all the time, the time. Could sleep without it. Sleep without it, but if you're up and about yeah. wearing it. Yeah. Right. So going to a private school where you've got the whole uniform and, you know, tucked in shirt and all the rest, mm-hmm. trying to wear the brace underneath, uncomfortable and inconvenient to mm. say the least. Mm. And the teasing began. <laughs> yeah, right. And, you know, year eight, you know, didn't really have many friends and just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone that? trying to fit in. Hormones going crazy. It's a time when you don't want anything to try and make you stand out, right? No, that's, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't work in my favour one little bit. Yeah. Did you, were you someone who you would say hated school? Disliked school? Um, or liked parts and didn't like other parts? Yeah, because, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, there were very few parts that I really liked. Year eight, as much as I had the brace most of that year, um, was actually one of my favourite years. Okay. Purely because of my teacher. Mm-hmm. Um and just some of the cool stuff that we did within that class. Mm. Um, yeah, it was kind of year 10 to 12 that were rubbish for yeah, okay. other reasons. Yeah, it's funny how a good teacher will make a class. Yeah, they? yeah, and like, 
and it was always entertaining because the teacher next door, um, it was like he just knew nothing. And honestly, five or six times a day, he would come in and ask the, our teacher a question and yeah. we'd all just make fun of him and laugh. And <laughs> it's great. <laughs> I, w- I won't mention names. It's all good. No, no names. <laughs> no names allowed. <laughs> um, so after wearing this brace, the... the spine kind of that that fracture healed and everything and you're able to go about business as usual don't actually know if it's healed mm-hmm. never got it scanned again um but, but you felt felt okay yeah yeah felt okay um my core muscles certainly never been the same mm-hmm. um and i could just never get them back to what they were mm-hmm. um which was a little inconvenient when it comes to competing in gymnastics when yeah. you actually need to be able to hold certain positions and yeah not be able to do it and look like an idiot because so, it's such a basic thing yeah right so you were hang on, what's year eight that's like 14 yeah something like that and you competed or you trained gymnastics until you were 18 yeah yeah okay. so 14 so right after the um like once my back had healed from then until kind of uh 16 17 they were like my prime years mm-hmm. because while so I actually I did eventually stop training once I got the brace. I was like, all right, <laughs> time to slow down. <laughs> so I just worked on a whole bunch of strength and what I could do, mm-hmm. so that when I came back, I actually I was miles ahead of everyone else, which was great. Yeah, okay. Well, at least in some respects, in yep. an, and, and in enough respect to actually be able to compete really yep. quickly and do some cool stuff yep. that no one else could do. Yeah. So, and how come you stopped at eighteen? Uh, my body asked me to. <laughs> Ask nicely? No, no. Just kept injuring me until I finally stopped. <laughs> <laughs> when are you going to get the picture? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it just got to a point where I just had so many injuries, and I was just like, I was just tired. I, I just, I loved it, and I miss it, but I, my body was just tired. No, I, I just, don't know. Yeah, just needed to stop. Mm-hmm. Unfortunate, but I'm sure that's the story with most gymnasts. Yeah. <laughs> It sounds yeah. like it, right? Yeah. A lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of beating down of that body. Let's go forward now, a couple of years into your twenties, uh, when you were first diagnosed with cancer. Yeah, right. How old were you then? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Okay. Nice and early. Nice and early. What type of cancer was it? Testicular. Yeah. So Just want to share, yeah, share about the process of of finding out about that and how you kind of <laughs> dealt with that early on. So. Uh, this is like three months, uh, two months after my 21st. Um, I was invited up to Sydney to DJ at one of my mate's parties. Um, so yeah, I was a DJ back in the back in the day, which was a bit of fun, you know, DJ by night, PT by days. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow that worked. Um, but yeah, so anyway, DJing up there, had a massive party, a few drinks, uh, maybe a few too many. Woke up the next day feeling pretty hungover and it's like, all right, well, whatever, that's pretty standard. A um, couple of days later, still feeling pretty dodgy. And I was like, all right, it was a big night, but it wasn't that big of a night. <laughs> like something else is going on here. Um, so went to work feeling... It, it's, it's a weird... I, I can't even think of the word. It's I was feeling sick, but not like... It's, it was almost like feeling sick, but in a really painful I don't know anyway just a totally new feeling and I was like this is just not right um, and but I was like well I have to go to work because you know I was part of a school holiday program and whatever it's too late to cancel so did that and um, by lunchtime I was sitting down basically curled over the chair quite literally 
um, for those that can see, yeah. you know, hand over my appendix because at, at the time that's what was hurting. Okay. And just like, I can't move. Mm-hmm. Like, just keeled over. Just keeled over. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so painful to move in any position other than this right here. Okay. Um, and so I called mum and she's like, yep, sounds like it's your appendix. So she came and picked me up, um, went to the surgeon, sitting in that car, just with all the bumps in the road. Mm. I'm like, mum, please slow down. <laughs> she, she was already driving like 20 k's an hour. Yeah. Like, yeah. She couldn't have gone slow No, enough. she probably couldn't have. <laughs> um, so yeah, finally got into the surgeon and he found a lump, well, something wrapped around the center of my chest. Okay. Um, He's like, yeah, you know, there's something in here. Don't know what it is. And by that stage, the pain had mostly gone, but my body was just hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's like, there's something here. We better go check out what that is. Um, but we can't operate till tomorrow. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just remember going home that night and just being in – well, I remember going home. I don't remember the rest of the night. Okay. Um, whether or not I was ducked up on painkillers or not, but mum just said that that night was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, clearly I blacked that part out. Yeah. Um, and you would have been just going in your head, I suppose, as well, going, what is this? What's, What's this going lump? on? Like, what? Yeah. What like, I I don't remember thinking it could be cancer, um, even though I'd, I'd been exposed to it a couple of times through family members by that stage. Um, yeah, I, I don't remember having any idea what it could be. I think I just didn't care. I just, I just wanted to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so we went in for surgery the next day. Um, don't remember anything until I woke up. Um, so I, I just remember waking up, um, you know, plain white hospital room, whatever. Mum and dad are over in the corner and mum was crying. So I just remember looking at her, so what's the problem? And she, she, she in, you know, while she's crying, um, you've got cancer. And I just... I don't know if I smiled or not, whatever, but I just remember putting my thumbs up and just going, cool. That was, it. That that was, was your it. reaction. That was my reaction. Yeah. And then, and then I passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over the next few days, like I have vague flashes of people coming to visit. Like I have this vague image of my cousin walking in the room. Um, and then, and I, I eventually asked him about it one day. He was like, yeah, dude, I was there for like the entire afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all just a blur that Pretty kind much. of period. Yeah. 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 Um, but, uh, so at this stage, they just they located the cancer. Yeah. Um, and what, there was plans to have surgery to take it out now? Or? Yeah, so they took out part of it, but because it was... Okay. Ra- so it ended up being wrapped around my aorta. Yep. So... They needed to be careful. I mean, you know, last thing you want to be... That's your main artery from the heart, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, that's a... (laughs) Just for those... It's a serious one. It's (laughs) it's a bit of a serious one. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, we... You know, they cut out a bit of it, but then they were like, all right, well, we need to put you through some chemo and then um, have a surgery at the end. Um, So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, at at this stage, I was like, great, just... Just do it. Just do it. Just get rid of it. Mm -hmm. So... It was um, yeah, it was about a month or so before I went into chemo because your body needs to heal from the surgery before mm-hmm. you go pumping it full of poison. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so um, yeah, you know, so the chemo worked. It was um, five days straight, every third week. Okay. And there was five rounds of that. that. So fifteen weeks 
mm-hmm. worth of chemo, I think. Okay. That and sounds really long, but I think that was right. Yeah. Um, no more sense. And yeah. so it, would you uh, stay in the hospital for the five days or you get your treatment and then come home each night? How uh, to start off with, I stayed in okay. just to just so they knew what was going on and how I reacted and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you react to the chemo? Um, well, it was. it's interesting because when you're in there, when you're not having chemo, all they're doing is pumping you full of fluid. Mm-hmm. So you actually feel really good. Because, and it is just water. Like it's yeah. not it's not some magical fluid. <laughs> Water's pretty magical. It is. Well, it can be. <laughs> um, but the, my point being, when I go when I went home, I wasn't drinking as much, so I felt a lot worse really mm-hmm. quickly. And it took me ages to work that out. Okay. Um, so like they were pumping me full of like four and a half liters of water a day, mm-hmm. which is like double the amount that I drink. Yeah. Um, but then yeah, like when I'd go home between chemo as if I was drinking anything. I felt like rubbish. Yeah, you were so, sitting there. So, yeah, I mean, you need to flush that stuff out of your body, but without drinking or eating anything, you're not flushing anything. So, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so for the, for the remaining four, I went home between each day. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so the, for the first couple of days of each one, it was all right. You kind of, whatever, deal with it and you can eat normally and it's fine. Mm-hmm. But then days three to five, I was just... Not in a good way? No, nah, just done and just just felt really just so far beyond sick it's just hard to explain Mm -hmm. um yeah um like we had our our neighbor worked around the corner from the hospital so he'd drop me off um literally at the front door which was nice but then i had to walk up stairs and you know it's not wasn't that far but it was it was (laughs) wasn't far but it was (laughs) um and so what was it like when you came to the end of those chemo rounds like you remember finishing up your last one and you were like thank fuck I don't have to do this again <laughs> I'm sure that was one word <laughs> um, yeah I to be honest I actually don't remember the end of the first lot mm-hmm. um, uh, I mean I, I remember feeling like oh yeah it's done thankfully yeah. but beyond that no idea just mm-hmm. because I was so broken that it yeah. was just I was just done Yeah, and it was just yeah it was kind of just like I just went home and just slept for like three days yeah, okay. and just didn't move and I was just, just had enough. And after that, you had to have another surgery? Yeah, so there was another surgery a little later mm-hmm. and that's what caused the big scar. So yeah. all the way down and uh, yeah, that one wasn't fun. That, I basically had to teach myself to walk again. Mm. It's probably not the right terminology, but that's what I've always used because... So, you know, we talked about tearing muscles before. You know, they rip through everything. Yeah. <laughs> so I was hunched over and, you know, I needed a walking stick to, or my pimp stick as my friends called it, <laughs> 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 um, to hold me up because I couldn't support my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I was going to the physio and stuff and they were giving me exercises to do. And, you know, within like two weeks, or probably even less than that, um, they're like, all right, you've got to get rid of the walking stick because you've got to start walking. And I'm like, you've never had your stomach ripped open like me, have you? And I'm like, yeah. nah, good, I'm keeping the stick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping my pimp stick. I, I, ke- I kept that stick for a little while. Um, yeah, it just... How long did it take for you, would you say, to get back to fully being uh, mobile? Yeah, a good three or four months. Okay. Yeah, because I, wor- I remember working at my cousin's place at the end of the year. And even that, like, I had to sit down most of the time and, yeah, so. And so after that surgery and everything, had they given you the all clear then? Yeah. 
Okay. So All got- clear, completely fine. Mm-hmm. Time to get on with stuff. The stuff. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was. It, look, it was good that I think at that point I was a little naive in terms of looking after myself. You know, I thought I was a pretty healthy kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but then just going through all that, I just just let, just did what the doctors told me to do and yep. ate whatever I wanted and didn't really care. And, yeah, once it was done, I was like, great. And nothing changed. Like, I just went back to the way Go I was living. Go back to being a 21-year-old kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't, um, yeah. Yeah. Nothing changed in my head other than, okay, I've, I've not like survived cancer. I've experienced cancer mm-hmm. and great. Now let's kind of go back to where I was and keep moving forward. Right. And then how long was it before it came back? Three years. Four years. Mm-hmm. Four years? Three years. Three, Three years. years. Yeah. <laughs> Too many dates in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so Roughly around that time. Yeah. Um, tell me about that experience. Yeah, so by that point, I was really fit and healthy again, mm-hmm. like running 10, 15 Ks. Um, and it just it felt amazing to be able to finally do that. And I'd been doing that for about six months at that point. Um, and there was just one day when I was running, I'd kind of got to just around the corner from my place. And I'd, I just felt like my breathing starting to struggle. And I was like, oh, that's weird, you know why all of a sudden just ignored it as we all do <laughs> and I, I stopped let, let I, me run it off yeah let me run that breathing <laughs> issue off maybe that'll fix it <laughs> um no like i just ignored it and i went home and i just thought whatever maybe it's just an off day cool pick it up tomorrow um but then it happened again i did try and push through it a little bit um and yeah i was just like all right whatever something's not right. Something's wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. I've, I've literally just t- taken a 180 for no reason. Um, and so I was like, all right, well, whatever. I guess I'm not running anymore. Um, and then within about a month of that, maybe even less, um, I was I was seeing my oncologist for a checkup anyway. So I was like, all right, well. Just mention it to them. I might just throw it out there and <laughs> see if he thinks it's an issue. Um so I did mention it, and he was—he was definitely concerned. Okay. Um, He's—he's he's an interesting character. He's—he's a, he's a hard man to read. He's very—he's very down the line. You know, this is it. This is how your treatment goes. Um, nothing outside that little box. Um, I've known him for you know eleven years now, and it's only really been the last maybe two years where he's finally said, "So how's life? How's, how's business?" <laughs> like. He, you know, good on him. He's, he's, he is one of the best in his field. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, socially, um, yeah. Just, just sticks to his, his business. S- sticks to his <laughs> script and that's yeah. it. Anyway. So, we, he went, so he went and uh, recommended you have some tests done. Yeah, so, so I went and had this, went and had a CT scan okay. and they did a couple of different things where they put this weird block on my chest to watch me breathing. I don't understand the point of the block, but anyway. Yeah, right. It's weird, I don't know. But, yeah, injected me with all the usual dyes and mm. nonsense. Um, and then he called me in for another test like a day later. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Were you starting to... Oh, yeah. Forget. No, as soon as he ordered the other test, I knew. It yep. wasn't... There was no... Mm-hmm. I think at least this time I was a bit more mentally prepared. Yep. Because um, I remember... So when... So mum came with me into his office um, after the other next test and like he you know he spilled 
he's like, oh, yeah, so you've got cancer and spread to your lungs. And so, you know, we're going to go and have chemo and going to do a couple of surgeries and this and that. And I just remember when he walked out of the office um, to go and get, I don't know, whatever paperwork he got, like I was talking to mum and I'm just like, right, well, this time I've got this person to take these clients for me and this one to take these clients and I'm going to train where I can. And I was just so organised in my head. It was weird. You're trying to plan everything. And yeah, yeah okay. because the first time around I just closed the business. I was like, well, forget it. Like yeah. I'm not going to bother. Mm-hmm. But this time, you know, I had a decent business going and I was like, well, things need to keep running. Okay. You know, cancer's not going to stop me. Yeah. Apart from that, though, apart from that <coughs> planning phase, how did you – there must have been some dark thoughts and everything come up around that time, thinking you were past this thing and now it's come back. Yeah, but not even initially. Yeah. So, so I went in for surgery um, and they gave me the all clear and then they um, – I went, I went back a month later and it had grown back again. So they threw me in for chemo. Throughout all this, I was relatively okay. Right. I mean, I, I I just dealt with it. Like I just, you know, day to day, whatever, going for chemo, um, go train my clients. Clients would have a chair for me or some of them would like have a cup of tea or coffee or whatever. And yeah. <laughs> made my life easy. It was great. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and yeah, like it, it eventually got to a point where I just kind of hit away. So... Yeah, it must have been early in that next year where I just I, I'd just curl up in bed and just not talk to anyone mm-hmm. and just just hide and just like you know what I'm done. Yeah. Leave me alone. <laughs> Had enough of this. Yeah, and um, that, that was just sort of you feel like an accumulation. Then you got to a point where you're like, yeah. God, why is this happening? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I don't think I really acknowledged it. Like the second time around, as organised as I was in my head, I was too. I was too logical about it. That's yeah. That's, that's sort of what I'm picking up. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the way I'll cope is I'll get everything planned out with yeah. my business and all that, and I'll be fine. Yeah. Without really looking after going myself, deep and thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so that all led to that point where you know curled up in bed and whatever, and then you know the constant thoughts of um, what could I do to end things, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I. You know, I had a basically had a pharmacy at home with the amount of drugs I'd been given. Yeah. Um, especially because I'd been going through all the tuberculosis treatment at this point as well. Um, you know, that was like forty pills a day I had to take, which wow. is stupid. Thirty or whatever it was. So yeah, I had a few drugs around at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, maybe I can just finish that bottle and that'll finish me kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but then I was like and I did a lot of research online. If anyone saw my history back then, geez. Um, They'd be worried. Probably, yeah. probably. Um, but yeah, and like I was just reading a lot of stuff online and people were saying, yeah, pills aren't the best way, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, all right, well, what else can I do? Um, had a bit of gym equipment in the um, in my bedroom, a, uh, a TRX, so something that you hook over the door and you, you, know, you can do your push-ups and all that kind of stuff with it. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I can try and hang myself. You know, maybe that'll that'll do the job. Mm-hmm. Um, it worked, but obviously it didn't work. <laughs> like I'm trying to trying trying to work out how to word it. Um, like it would have worked, but I didn't do it properly. Okay. <laughs> Read the instructions. <laughs> 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 um, 
there were no instructions. Anyway. <laughs> so you attempted. And it yeah, I attempted and failed. And um, unfortunately, like I just remember lying there afterwards um, and like just lying on the floor, just breathing. But it wasn't a turning point. Mm. I, it was interesting. I don't remember thinking anything other than breathe, just breathing. And maybe that's my it was my body's way of just going. You know what? <laughs> just keep breathing. You're okay. Yeah. Like I didn't. I never thought uh, I stuffed it up. I need to do it again. Okay. Or, you know, wow. Now that I've failed at that, I really need to get on with life. And it was just lying there and breathing. Okay. And you didn't attempt after that. That was no. like okay. No, that was it. Good. I'm glad you're still here, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Me too. So if that wasn't you know, a defining turning point. Let's talk about maybe what was a defining turning point and maybe how long after that point it was. Yeah, don't know how long after. It wouldn't have been too long. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, just to give a bit of a picture as well, um, the girlfriend at the time knew something was going on. I told her everything was fine. She was telling everybody that something was wrong. Um, no one believed her. Okay. So she looked like the crazy one. And, uh, yeah, like I just pretended like everything was fine and didn't really share anything with anyone. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty obvious, looking back, that my parents knew. I think maybe they didn't know how to approach it or, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe they were in denial as well. Mm -hmm. You know, who knows how that happened. But there was one day where... um, I don't even remember how we got out the front of the house because I remember Dad sitting out the front and I just joined him out there. Okay. But that never happens. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why or how. Anyway, it happened. It was obviously meant to happen <laughs> yeah, that there you day. Go, that's it. So some divine force was like, Angie, go outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, all right, I'm, well, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we were just sitting out the front of the house and, um, and Dad just goes... Uh, we feel like we've lost you over the last few months. Um, and that was the first time anybody had said anything to me in for a very long time where it actually made me realise, hang on a second, what what am I doing? Mm. That, that was the trigger. Um, because up until then, I'd, I'd been in my own little bubble and whatever. Um, you know, that, that when we isolate and we're in that depressed state, that's when we are purely just thinking about us and how mm-hmm. can I get out of my pain? Why is this happening to me? And um, through no fault of our own, we don't take into consideration what's happening with our family or our loved ones and that kind of thing. So it sounds like just that one little sentence from him kind of snapped that bubble mm-hmm. and you're like, shit, look how I'm affecting the people around me. Exactly right. So, you know, we had a bit of a chat outside and he's like, well... What um what are you what what are we what are you doing what's what's been happening you know like we lived under the same roof but it was like he didn't even he didn't even know me mm-hmm. um and that was you know clearly my fault um so he just said you know let's go away for a few days and just get away from everything and just go and relax on the beach um we'd never been away on a just a father son trip before mm-hmm. um. Uh, yeah, it was it was nice. It was really, it was it was a perfect weekend. Yeah. Um, Did you go like that weekend? <coughs> yeah. Like uh, or pretty soon. It must have been pretty soon because 
if we were sitting at the front, like that must have been on a weekend anyway. Mm-hmm. So we might have literally gone the next weekend. Yep. Yeah. Um, Whereabouts did you go? Down to Blegarry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's where all Melbourneian, all Melbournians go, don't they? It's we the, love it down there. We do. We do. It's <laughs> the best. Um, yeah, a friend of ours has a beach house down there, so it's really nice. Um, yeah, so we just went down for like four days and just chilled out. Yeah. Um, and just, yeah, just, just had a really good conversation about yeah. life. Like, yeah, we just talked about everything, you know, yeah. what's been going on, how I felt. It was like a four-day therapy session with my dad. Sounds like, like it. yeah. Which was bizarre because we had never had those kind of conversations before. Um, so it just really opened things up and, and it actually helped me um, start looking forward to things again. Because mm. we kind of made a few plans and we were like, oh, yeah, we could do this, do this. Do you think that's the biggest thing that changed in you over those four days, the ability for you to start looking forward to things again? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah, that that's the single biggest trigger that changed everything from being in a miserable rubbish yeah from not being able to see any future for yourself to being able to say hey there are some things that i can do and look forward to yeah that's amazing yeah it was yeah it um yeah every every time i think about it it's always a it always kind of brings a smile to my face yeah you're lighting up talking about it right now yeah it's just it's just a nice reminder of how um how supportive my parents were throughout the whole thing mm-hmm. um you know if if i didn't have the parents i have i wouldn't be here yep. i mean obviously not for the typical yeah. biological reasons <laughs> <laughs> probably didn't come out the way it was supposed to but anyway but yeah like they just they did everything you know they they dropped everything they needed to drop in order to help me they like, yeah I, I don't know many people who would be able to be in a position to be able to do that yeah. And so, you know, very grateful for them. Amazing. And then, so what changes did you start to make after you got back? Yeah, so it was around that time as well when I started looking at what was going on and kind of questioning why. It was never, I never asked myself why me. It was, why is this happening? What's causing it? Because it doesn't come back three times for no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started started looking into nutrition and you know what we can achieve through proper um dietary habits i hate the word diet anyway um yeah it's just you know what we can what what we can achieve through nutrition and one of the first things that i found was um that a, a doctor talking about how cancer cannot live inside an alkaline environment now for all the people out there who have, may have heard that before it's kind of been debunked and it's not entirely accurate but whatever at the time <laughs> it helped me and that's all that matters however it's like really healthful healthy for you to be on an alkaline diet well and that's time. it that's the other side of it like even if the science is wrong yeah it's still going to make you eat a ton more vegetables something crazy so um you know five fruit no sorry five veggies and two fruit mm-hmm. um apparently four percent of the australian population eat that four percent so one in 25 yeah wow that's it yeah that's it and that's that's the standard government guidelines Mm -hmm. and yeah and there and there's your alkaline foods right there so acidic foods we're talking about sugar we're talking about alcohol or soft drinks we're talking about um meat Meat, and that kind of thing dairy yeah which are also acidic but also very high inflammation yeah and that's it as well and so 
that was th- that was one of the next things that I came across. You know, inflammation is the root cause of almost every disease on the planet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, <laughs> let's avoid inflammation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got started to eat more alkaline and started yeah. to eat foods that were going to, mm. um, I was going to say, deflammatize you. <laughs> <laughs> Another random, <laughs> random word made up for the day. Reduce I love it. Reduce your inflammation. We, we, we need to start making a dictionary. <laughs> Shift happens dictionary of stupid words Ryan makes up. Uh, okay. So what was it like making those changes? Um, yeah, interesting. Um, one little part of the story that we've missed, which mm-hmm. kind of helped the situation. So, you know, for most people to give up those foods, it can seem pretty hard. I, I obviously had a bit more of a reason behind it, but... One thing that really catapulted it was I got to a point where um, I actually couldn't eat anything. It didn't matter what I ate mm-hmm. within, sometimes within 30 seconds to two minutes of eating, more, no matter what it was, I'd be sick. Okay. Just, it was crazy. Like I would eat a slice of apple, no, gone. Wow. Like everything. Um, how, how did you... Like I just get nutrition into you at that point. I stopped eating. Yeah, right. I, I had to. Yeah. I had no choice. Um, I, luckily enough, I was actually listening to my body, and I wasn't, wasn't physically hungry. Okay. Um, which was definitely a new sensation because at that point I hadn't really done any fasting or anything. Yeah. And so. So you you felt there was a dialogue between you and your body there, where your body was saying, "Hey." Let's just not eat for a little bit. Let's just chill out and just, you know what, we, we've, we've got a bit of healing to do kind of thing. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I I mean, that only lasted a few days because realistically I was like, all right, something's going on and I need to fix it. I can't yeah. just fast forever. I mean, yeah. I can try, but... <laughs> um, so I ended up going, um, making smoothies mm-hmm. and I that worked. So I did smoothies for five days Um and and then slowly started introducing food again. Yeah. But like literally one food at a time. Yeah, right. Like that That's was... That's kind of how people structure detoxes now. It's like fast for a few days, yeah. introduce some highly nutritious juices or smoothies yeah. and then introduce food back in. Yeah. You were kind of forced to do it. Yeah. It's not just here, let's do it because it's good for you. Do it because you've got no choice, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> how did you feel once you started eating again? Um, and did your diet... Were you, were you changing your diet now? So you're eating... Yeah, well, this is when foods? the diet changed. Yeah. So before that, it was I was eating everything still. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just nice. I just <laughs> I remember biting into my first apple because I I love apples. I always have, and I just remember biting into it and just having one bite and just sitting there for like five minutes. So I'm like, yep, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> Pretty much. Was it the best apple you ever? It had? was. It was yeah, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a religious experience with the apple. <laughs> Um, so how did your health start to go from this point? Um, yeah, definitely got better really quickly. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of worked out what I could eat and what I couldn't, um, you know, no meat, wheat, dairy, um, very limited alcohol. I mean, I, I definitely cut that out, um, cut out all the sugar. Um, yeah, and I was just eating probably 10 times the amount of veggies I ever was. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because it's the most simple advice to give anybody but we still don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that the veggies is what made the difference. Like forget everything. I mean, everything else was all plant-based and it was all good and healthy. But I just remember having this massive bowl of salad for lunch, like the size of a salad that 
mum would make for the entire family mm-hmm. and I would just eat that and feel the best I'd ever felt. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, now I get it. <laughs> now my body is responding to this and actually enjoying it instead of eating that and feeling like crap. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so your health sort of kept improving from that point and then the cancer didn't return Correct. since then. And how long ago was that? That was middle of 2012. Right, so we're getting like six years up now. It's good, man. What a journey, yeah. <laughs> High five. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're obviously... You know, working with people now, still doing the PT. Yep. But you kind of you're working with people just around health in general as well, yeah. Yeah. So, one of the things that switched really quickly for me after that as well was, you know, doing the PT was good, and I'm like, well, that's great, but I'm not really getting much of an impact on people's lives. It's not, you know, they come and see me for an hour or two a week. Mm-hmm. We're training, great. We're looking at a little bit of their food. I didn't really know much before then but I knew enough to go, okay, here's a few healthy choices. But there was no major impact on their life. So, you know, I went and studied nutrition um, and a whole bunch of other random, um, like, uh, neuro-linguistic programming and all that kind of stuff, and I just so that I could actually help clients better. Yeah, in a more holistic kind of sense. Yeah, and not just train them because at the end of the day, anyone can train people. I mean, being a trainer is nothing. That's Mm. anyway. That's how I say it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, really, it did. It, it became more holistic and then I started training clients online because then I've been able to help more people. Like I've been training people over in Perth, over in USA, in yeah, New Zealand. Wow. Like that in itself has been amazing, just being able to help other people who I would never be able to help otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's that's probably one of the coolest things that's come out of all of this. Yeah. Um, just to be able to change somebody's life without physically meeting them. <laughs> yeah, from the other side of the world yeah. in some instances. That's mm. so cool. Mm. What's your philosophy on health? What does that word mean to you now? Yeah, such an interesting question. Um, feeling unbreakable. Yeah. Because now that, like I said before, I never, I never resonated. Well, I never knew that word back when I was growing up, but that's how I felt. Mm-hmm. But now that I know what that word means to me, that's what it is. It's feeling unbreakable every day. Yeah. So that's having mental clarity, waking up feeling energized. To be honest, I'm still working on that one. <laughs> we all. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, just finding, n- knowing foods that I can eat and feel good afterwards. Mm-hmm. You know, not feel bloated and all that kind of nonsense. Um, and just generally enjoying life as well. Like forget the, the actual physical health side of it, you know, enjoying life, doing things that I enjoy doing, mm-hmm. having great conversations, that kind of stuff. So health is enjoying life and feeling unbreakable whilst doing so. I love that. You, you just write that one down. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, and it's funny how you went through this entire journey now to be able to help people in that way. And like you said, it's these positives that we can take out of it mm. um, where we can look back and go, ah, I went through all that for a reason, all the struggle, all the, the surgery, all the really dark moments that you had. Um, you having lived through that is why you're able to help someone either in person or on the other side of the country or the world. That's right. Which and is amazing. Like I'm, I'm grateful for all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm grateful for being given cancer. Yeah. It's, it taught me so much that I wouldn't have known otherwise. And 
you know, I kind of shudder to think who I would still be if I didn't get it. Mm. You know, I'd still be this arrogant, well, now 32-year-old, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, you know, like I would be a totally different person. And I didn't, looking back, I didn't like that person. Yeah. And, you know, maybe that's what brought the cancer on in the first place. Yeah. Well, it can be. And often they say that the most stubborn of us have to get the hardest wake-up calls. <laughs> don't think I was that stubborn, but hey. She's <laughs> how stubborn were you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I love it. And you said something as well, which is interesting, just the um, about noticing what you eat and how it makes you feel. Mm. It's so simple, but something that not many people do no. is that every every time you sit down and have a meal and then the 5, 10, 15, 20 minutes afterwards just being mindful of am I feeling my energy is lower? Am I feeling stuffed? Am I feeling knackered? Or am I feeling energetic? Am I feeling happy? Mm. Like just noticing those things and going, hey, maybe I won't eat so much of that and eat more <laughs> of this stuff. Yeah, like I had a conversation with a client a couple of weeks ago um, and I take them through that process and I get him to just um, – you know, just to mark it up and just go, all right, this is how I felt before I was eating. This is how I felt after. This is how I felt two hours later. Um, <laughs> he sends me back the sheet. He goes, before I was hungry. After I was satisfied. Two hours later, I was hungry again. I'm like, <laughs> mate, you just missed the entire point of the exercise. <laughs> but, but those responses are so typical because we don't, be beyond hunger and satisfaction, we don't, look at mo- most people don't look at food any other way mm. this food is meant to fuel your body and energize you mm. it's meant to heal you it's meant to keep you living forever yeah you know <laughs> and we're all and we're all in <clears throat> such a rush and i'm so guilty of this we're all in such a rush with doing and doing and doing so we're like eating on the run or i'm replying to emails while i'm eating and not even paying attention and being with yeah. the food but just trying to get it in me so we can keep going yeah and you know i mean even sitting in front of the TV watching the news eating dinner or reading the paper in the morning. I mean, at least um, some of that kind of works, but you're not you're still not paying attention to the food. Mm. So, yeah, by not paying attention to the food, it may not be helping you as much as it actually could yeah, be. Yeah, it's that mindful eating piece. Mm-hmm. Awesome, mate. Right, mm-hmm. Let's get into the question round. Oh, look out. Yeah, you ready? I thought, I'd, I thought we'd had the questions. <laughs> <laughs> More questions. More to come. <laughs> uh, these are questions I ask at the end of each yeah, episode. Yeah. Um, they're sort of the one constant. So I'll run through these. Your answers can be short or long, however you want. Cool. The first one is, what negative emotion or maybe negative thought pattern do you think has held you back the most in your life? Has it been a reoccurring theme? Jeez, that's a big one. I like to do big ones first. <laughs> um, so that can, you know, examples of like be struggling with the emotion of uh, fear or guilt or sadness or maybe a thought pattern of, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy or yeah. something of that nature. I think not somewhere between not good enough and not worthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know that's been a reoccurring theme, but then the logical side of me kicks in and goes, shut the hell up because that's bullshit. Mm. Um, but it's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. like your, your thinking and your feeling parts of you are having an argument. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I think, and I think it all, I mean, it, it all came about after all my treatment. And it's kind of like, well, I do remember thinking that maybe I'm getting all this because I'm not worthy. Okay. But then the flip side of that is you're getting it because it's giving you a challenge in life to overcome and accomplish and move forward and kick ass. So that's like, 
yes yeah, so the two opposite ways of looking <laughs> at one situation it's like i'm getting this because i deserve it yeah. and i'm you know an idiot or whatever or i'm getting this because i need this challenge i'm going to grow like it's all how we look at things isn't it yeah and i've always been a pretty positive person so i'll always look at the positive side um which is interesting so then i don't i don't know why that little nagging thing is still just go away just yeah <laughs> hop off my shoulder <laughs> uh what are you working on on yourself at the minute so just self-development wise is there an area of your life or something you're trying to improve right now mindfulness mm-hmm. i used to do a lot of meditating um especially while I was writing the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and I did for a long time. Just this last this last year, it's been pretty crazy and um, just so many family things going on and a bunch of personal stuff that's just thrown us all out. And I, I've definitely lost track of, you know, even something simple like meditating. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 10 minutes a day. No excuse, do it. Yeah, but we find those excuses. We don't do, we? don't Especially we? when this stuff's chaotic in our life. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when there's Netflix too. Far yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just, yeah, that mindfulness for me, that's the yeah. biggest one, you know. That's Speaking of meditation and Netflix, um, <laughs> have you seen uh, Wild Wild Country? No, I haven't watched it yet. My, do you just, yeah, meditate first, yeah, sure. but watch it. It is like we just finished watching it the other night. It's yeah. about um, Osho, the um, the guru, Indian guru. How mm. they, anyway, I won't spoil it too much. Hey. It is fucking amazing. Okay. I was watching it going, did this really happen? Like this actually happened? It's crazy. Enough said. Go watch it. Cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what habits or routines do you have in your life right now that best serve you? Something you do every day or every week? Working out is a big one. So I haven't had a gym membership for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Since moving to this new place a couple of months ago, there was a gym literally 200 metres across the road. Girlfriend goes, we're getting a gym membership. Okay. (laughs) Best thing we ever did. Yeah. Like we go together. um, It's just, it's such a nice ritual to do by ourselves because we're doing our own workout. Yeah. But doing it together as a partnership. yeah, that you know, we, three or four times a week. That's great. And what kind of training are you doing? At the um, kind of more um, more stability work than anything. Like I'm doing a bit of strength training, but I just know that my body needs slight tweaking. Mm-hmm. You know, joint wise, they're all just. I know sometimes I just kind of jump into a workout. Don't take my own advice. Don't write a program. Just go. I know I can do this. Do something really stupid. Injure yeah. myself. Don't go train for a month. Go back cycle repeats Hmm. (laughs) so i'm taking it easy yeah building the foundation (laughs) building the foundations just to get into it uh so what else we're doing every day um typically i'll have a shot of lemon juice Mm -hmm. nice way to kick the uh kick the senses yeah like your first thing uh not always but just sometime throughout the day yeah 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 um way to alkalize alkalize your body as well um what else am i doing jumping on my trampoline at home yeah find a really good way to actually strengthen my body mm-hmm. um do you to do three somersaults no, it's a little rebounder i'm not doing <laughs> <laughs> that's good for the lymph too isn't it yeah it's actually a really good way to drain your lymph system yeah yeah random um mm. yeah so brilliant i love it yeah. that's that that was specifically why i bought the trampoline okay um yeah like five years ago or whatever yeah um what else how Just, long do you jump on there for um a few minutes yeah a few minutes because 
ever since treatment, I've been really prone to getting neck aches. Okay. So jumping on the trampoline doesn't do any favors for that. Um, unless I like, so while I'm bouncing, I have to clench my jaw because that tightens everything up and it actually holds it in place. Yeah. And that's the only way I can do it. But I can only do that for a few minutes. Yeah, Because, right. yeah, so it's, I'm work, that, that's another bit to work on, but yeah. You're but, still looking really angry while you're bouncing on the trampoline. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, typically like three or four minutes and it's enough anyway. Like it's, yeah, that's right. It's such yeah. a good core workout. Like, yeah. yeah, and that's all you need for that, um, get that lymph going, just a couple of minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. Awesome. Um, book or documentary recommendations? Obviously, Unbreakable, an inspired story from the man with nine lives. However, <laughs> any other books, documentaries, or just any other resources in general that have really helped you along your journey? Um, I don't think there's one thing in particular because I just I fell into a habit of just Googling stuff and just finding particular websites. So, like, th- there's a whole bunch of holistic doctors out there. Um, well, I think most of them are, like, nutritional doctors, so they mm-hmm. but they call themselves doctors. Um, you know, so I do follow a few certain people. Um, I don't know if they're worth mentioning. It's probably not, unless you want me to... Yeah, give me a plug. Uh, there's Dr. Josh Axe. I... C- kind of gone off him a little bit mm-hmm. he's gone a little too far down the keto road and it's a bit too yeah. it's pretty popular right now yeah it is and i think it's nonsense yeah. but anyway <laughs> <laughs> the only person it's good for is if is anyone who has epilepsy if you don't have epilepsy don't go on keto mm-hmm. end of discussion <laughs> end of discussion <laughs> um and then there's dr mccullough um Again, he's gone a little too far down the keto route route, uh, as well. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been the two main ones that I've kind of followed over the years. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's maintaining a curiosity and you'll just jump on and Google whatever it is you need to know about at the time. Yeah. um, Yeah. I wish I had some more resources for you. No, that's fine. Google's a very good one. (laughs) Yeah, Google is a good one. And the other two great resources in this room are me and you. So, hey, yeah. if anyone listening has got questions, get in touch. <laughs> Call in now. Oh, yeah. we don't have a phone. Um, <laughs> and it's not live. So. <laughs> uh, where can people get in touch with you, mate, if people want to reach out? Obviously, the book is Unbreakable. Um, is it unbreakablebook.com? Correct. Yes. <laughs> where else? Have you got Winning. a personal website as well? Yeah, so andyzagami.com.au. Yeah. Um, That's A-N-D-Y-Z-A-G-A-M-I. I love how you're looking up trying to remember it when it's right in front of you on the book. Well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's impressive. Yeah, it's not bad. Impressive or stupid, one of the two. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so unbreakablebook.com, andyzagami.com.au. And then, you know, I'm on Facebook, Andy Zagami. I'm very not active on there. Yeah. Um, I just... Facebook drives me nuts. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm around. I, I talk to people, I just don't post stuff. <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it's, people can reach out. If yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always through the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, if you've got questions, please get in touch. Yeah. Any yeah. questions, hit Andy up. He has obviously got an incredible story with uh, so much, so much health stuff, but also I love how you went into like the mental struggle and everything that comes along with it because that's what happens when our body starts to fail us. The mind isn't going to be in a good place you know yeah. i had that with my crohn's disease and just didn't know you know where to turn at the time and it was funny i had a similar thing once i sort of become grateful for the experience um things started to improve a lot from there so mm. no matter what we've been through we can always find gratitude right absolutely that's right you um if you look for gratitude you'll find it anywhere 
find it anywhere. It, it is. It's everywhere. You just yeah. we're we're so prone to um, always looking at the negative side of things because all this bad stuff keeps happening. The more you look at that negative stuff, the more it's going to keep happening. Mm-hmm. So the second you switch that up and look at the positive side, more positive stuff's going to start. Whatever you focus on expands, right? That's it. Yeah, that's, that's a beautiful it. place to finish up, mate. It Andy, is. absolute pleasure getting to know you. Absolute pleasure you coming in and sharing your story with everyone. I look forward to continuing the friendship. Thanks for having me, buddy. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. Peace out. Wow, what an amazing story of adversity and being able to overcome challenge in your life. Uh, and he's had the kitchen sink thrown at him throughout his life and he's been able to come out the other side to a point where you heard there that he is grateful for everything, grateful for every experience that he's had uh, and that's such a beautiful and healing place to be in. So I want to thank Andy so much for coming on and sharing his story. Uh, I'm sure there's you listening right now if it's not yourself or someone you know who's going through some health issues um, shoot this podcast out to them so they can have a listen and understand that hey anything is possible in this life um, and you know Andy's an example of that so guys I hope you enjoyed that as much as I enjoyed sitting down with Andy myself and that is it guys head on over to shpodcast.com.au for any of the show notes and things that we spoke about today uh, apart from that It is said the greatest gift one human being can give to another is the gift of their attention. And I thank you so, so, so much for that. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. I love you all. Peace out. Shift Shift. happens. I can't. I can't. I can't. What we do in life echoes in eternity.